Thanks for listening to Marketing B2B Tech, the podcast from Napier where you can find out what really works in B2B marketing today. Welcome to Marketing B2B Technology, the podcast from Napier. Today I'm talking with Indrek Vainu. Indrek's from Alpha Blues, who promises to deliver a conversational AI technology for the enterprise. Basically, they're delivering chatbots that enable your customers to interact with the website at any time. Welcome to the podcast, Indrek. Hi, great to be here. Thanks so much for coming on the show. My first question is, how difficult is it to create usable chatbots for B2B? I often hear clients saying it's very hard to do it. Do you actually see B2B companies using chatbots successfully? Uh, yeah, that's a great question. So. Um, yes, there there are companies that are are using uh, chatbots in the in the B two B environment. Um, but you know, touching on the first thing you said, you know, uh, it, it is somewhat difficult to create good chatbots because ultimately, when you think about it, uh, you are creating something equivalent to a digital human being uh, that is supposed to understand people's questions, talk back, provide intelligent, helpful answers. So sort of that on its own already is uh, is a challenge for sure. Uh, but, uh, you know, there's definitely ways uh, how to do it so that these are uh, helpful for customers and also for their business itself. Fascinating. So there's obviously a lot of work involved in creating chatbots. And although people are clearly getting some benefit, um, what do you think is really driving the move to put effort into offering chatbots on B2B websites rather than putting time and money into some other activity? Yeah, that's a good question. So I think in general, what we're seeing now is, um, and, and there's a movement towards how do you actually communicate with your customers? Um, and I think one of the things that has been happening in the background of the past few years is really the rise of messaging apps. So I think, you know, WhatsApp now has 2 billion users, Messenger has you know, 1.3 or 1.5 billion. Um, and these are huge, right? These are, I mean, huge, huge networks and, and they are used so often. I mean, I think people open WhatsApp 30 times per day on average, right? And, and why these are used so much is that you, you, you can reach people. You know, if you want to reach someone, they're in your network, you reach them and, and they actually answer you in, you know, a minute, in a second, at least in an hour or so. And that type of thing that's happening with, you know, person-to-person communication, actually the expect- expectations are carrying over also to the business world. So no longer is it sufficient that you have an info at company.com address, you send an email and you wait for the reply for three or four days. That sort of already is in the past because the world is more immediate. Uh, people want answers quicker and really the speed of reply can in many cases, you know, seal the deal or lose that customer to your competitor. Um, so really, really the, the, the customer experience uh, is something that uh, comes to matter more and more. That's, that's uh, fascinating. And certainly, I think I've seen that trend for more immediacy. Um, so I definitely agree with that. Um, in terms of creating chatbots, I, I, I'm really interested. I mean, you're using AI for your chatbot. I mean, presumably it means that um, this makes it easier than the uh, the old method where people had to effectively forecast all the questions the bot might be asked and then provide the answers. Um, can you 
explain a little bit as to how your uh, system at Alpha Blues works? Yeah, sure. So, uh, well, <laughs> I, could, I, I could spend hours and days on the topic of how to create a good chatbot, but but to put it very briefly, um, what what is the the, the sort of central thing? Uh, you have to solve and then I'll touch upon if you're a business what you have to think about before you create a chatbot so the central thing you have to solve is that you know it comes no surprise people are different right and with that the way that they ask questions is absolutely different so if I approached let's say a bank or, or a company and I wanted to know something I would ask it in a in a I would phrase it in a way of like you know XYZ uh, you would phrase it in a way of ABC and now the computer has to understand that XYC and ABC are actually the same thing and provide the same answer. And what's difficult with computers is that they don't have inherent knowledge of the world. So they don't understand what things mean, but they are really good at just, you know, cramming things. So they are really good at just, you know, going through a bunch of information and then finding patterns and saying that you know x means this and y means that so and this is what you have to teach your bot is that if people ask things in literally a million different ways the answer should be always a and uh, this is you know when people talk about chatbots and sometimes they say that the bot doesn't understand me is that they fail to understand that the way that they ask questions is very different from the way that their peers or colleagues ask questions and you know this is the same for if you look at Siri or, or Alexa or you know Google Assistant any of those things is that there is no way that you can ever be able to come up with all the different things that people might ask the bot like it's literally impossible right so that's the that's the thing where you start however the way around this is that you create the bot and what we usually suggest companies to do is you know, think of, think of two axes. Think of the frequency of things that are asked. So you want to aim for the most frequently asked things, things that are asked like hundreds or thousands of times per month, right? And then think on the, on the second axis, think about the solvability. So can the machine on its own actually solve it? And, and we usually, you know, break down solvability into three buckets. You know, bucket number one is that the machine can just pro provide an answer without any third-party information. Bucket number two is that with some API connections, the machine can give you an answer. So, for example, you say, you know, I want to reset my password, then, you know, the machine is connected to the backend system and then is able to perform the task. And then bucket number three is something where there's always a need for a human. So let's say a human needs to verify your information from five databases and then do a cross check with the sixth one and then, you know, off you go, right? And what you actually want to look at is where you have the highest occurrence of topics that fall into buckets one or two. And these are the things you should automate because you have a lot of volume and the machine can solve this on its own. Um, and, and this is, it sounds relatively simple, but over time when we work with enterprises, this is what comes up again and again is that, you know, pick your battles carefully where you actually want to deploy the machine so that it's able to help the user and also able to solve the request on its own. And of course, the things that the machine cannot solve on its own there's a fallback to a human support agent, and they takes over the conversation and, and helps the helps the user out. That that's fascinating. I mean, how 
do you as a, a user of, of um, a chatbot, for example, the, the Alpha AI, how, how do you um, tell the system to fall back? Is there a, you know, certain questions that automatically fall back to a, uh, to a human? Uh, yeah, so how how so we we have built an end-to-end uh, chat automation product, uh, which means that you know you have the whole interface of, of building the bot where you want to deploy it, either on the website or in your internet or in you know Facebook or WhatsApp. Uh, you build it, you train it, and then you have the, also the live chat system where the handover happens. So if the bot cannot help you, it hands the conversation over to human agents. The solution works as such that if you come in and you ask a, ask a question, then you ask it in, in natural language. And what it's able to do is it's able to take the phrase that you ask from the bot and it's able to match that to its uh, trained database of phrases. So it doesn't need to be an exact match. It's, it can be a partial match. And it sort of has its own confidence scores. So let's say if the bot is 80% confident, it gives you an answer. If it's, let's say, between 30 and 70% confident, it gives you three answers in a way of, you know, did you mean A, B, or C? Uh, and if it's, let's say, less than 30% confident, then it directs you to a human being. Um, and once the conversation is going, you ask a question, the bot is answering, then at the end of each, each conversation, each answer or conversation we ask, was it helpful? So the user has an explicit way of saying, you know, yes, this was helpful or no, this wasn't helpful. And when they say no, it was not helpful, then is when we connect the user to the customer service agent because you want to solve the issue. You don't want to leave the customer in the dark saying, you know, hey, we cannot help you, sorry. But then what happens is that you connect the user to the right agent uh, who knows the topic that you want to ask about and also who can help you let's say you know uh, speaks English and, and German and if you're a German customer then that agent can help you and also in the right type of priority because you know if you are a business then if somebody comes in and asks about when is your office open and then another person comes in and says hey I want to order like I don't know 10,000 units of your product then clearly the second customer is more important for you because you can actually close a large sale, right? So you want to prioritize also those by, by relevancy to your business. Um, but the big part of, of the bots that, that we see are actually how do you build the bot to handle the bulk of the incoming messages in the front end? And then if the bot cannot help, then transferring that to the right agent at the right time in the right order of priority so that the, the people are actually doing just the the work that they need to do so a big part why we started the company in the first place is humans should be doing things they are good at which is solving difficult problems and creativity and machines should be doing things that are simple and things that humans should not waste their time on fascinating and i have to ask this question i'm afraid how often um does a a visitor type in a question and it hit that 70 percent um, confidence level so you feel confident enough to um, to give a single answer is there a, a typical range for your customers usually um, usually when the bot is built um, and the and the and the company starts out with a chatbot they have the bot knows about maybe 50 or 100 topics um, because that's the the world that they operate in you know if you think of 
if you think of uh, if you think of the finance world, it's all about you know pending payments. When will the transfer? How do you get a credit card, right? If it's like B two B, it's about order tracking or ordering new supplies or things like that. So, so the world is is not is not really infinite. It's it's kind of finite, and you, you pick those fifty to hundred topics. So there, um, what you do is you know if each topic has related about I don't know twenty phrases to it, it's it's pretty okay to start with. So you know you have maybe maybe around thousand two thousand phrases that the bot should know, and then. Uh, if 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 the world is 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 not infinite in that amount of topics that the bot gets asked, then you know fairly often you just give the one answer to the to the customer. Um, of course, you know then the customer asks follow up questions, dialogue, and that's where you know the additional training and understanding of context and those things come in, um, so that you provide for a fluid conversation. Um, and so we, we spend a lot of time on actually creating the product where. You know, companies have dedicated bot trainers where they can see how the conversation is going, uh, what was asked, when, and then what should that relate to. Because a lot of the things people ask depend on on context and uh, being really able to to help them. Sure, I, I I'm also interested. You know, you quite often when you get on a website, there's a there's a bot. It doesn't answer your question. It then tries to drop back to um, a real person, and maybe there's nobody staffing the line, or um, perhaps they're all busy. How much of a an issue is it when the the bot tries to drop to a real person and there's no one available? So that definitely is an issue from the point of view of the user. <laughs> so if I'm a user and I if I'm a user and I reach out to your company, you know. Most likely, I have a problem because I, I just I don't do it for fun, right? Uh, I think that what I'm always saying is that you know if if a person calls your company, they either love you a lot or they hate you a lot, right? <laughs> and it's mostly the latter. So you know, you just don't pick up your phone and just call your telecom company just for fun, you know, because you have some time. You, you like you know, you only call in the last resort and. And that's why chat is good because it's something that um, you know it's it's so effortless to use, so that you reach out more. Uh, you don't just go in the last instance when you're full of rage and you want to vent out, right? Um, but coming to the question, so uh, when the when the uh, bot is 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 giving an answer, um, then of course you want to be as uh, specific uh, with uh, the answer that you can have uh, but when you transfer to the human what what we have found over time and also then we built this into our function is that the bot monitors if agents are available um, because you don't want to say hey I will connect you to an agent and then saying well all agents are busy so so, so we've in our solution uh, over the past year built in a, a thing where the bot monitors and pings, yeah, and if agents are available, then only does it do a handover. If agents are not available, then it leaves um, essentially in the chat window. It leaves uh, an option saying, "Hey, uh, leave us a message, like put your email and your question, and we will come back to you within the next I don't know, few hours or a few days." Right. So, you always want to create the user the feeling that somebody is dealing with their problem and you know you have received their problem and you're dealing with it i think that's from the user point of view uh very very important i think that's a that's a great point actually you know if you send an email to a company you you always kind of have this feeling that nobody's read the email whereas uh giving that feeling that someone's received the message and is dealing with it i think is a 
that to me is the summary of why you'd want to do this. Um, is is that what your your um, customers are also saying? They want to give that feeling of of really paying attention to customers. Yeah, I mean, you 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 want to be there for them and say, I genuinely care about you as a customer, and I want to help you. So the intent is there to help you. And even if you say, you know, it's going to take us a little while, or you know, we we got your message and we'll get back to you. We're still working on it. You know, you as a customer, if you think of personally, you know, you feel good, you know, okay, like that's fine. Somebody's dealing with it and, uh, and, and they, they care. And, you know, this I think touches upon the thing I was alluding to earlier is that how do you, how do you create customer loyalty in today's age when everything is available for everyone everywhere and many products are the same? I mean, you know, they're commodities. So it's really the, the, the customer experience that stands out. Um, you know, being there for them quickly. But of course, the question for large enterprises and, you know, we work with fine banks and telecom companies is that, you know, great. If you have a thousand customers, then you're a small business. That's fine. You can do that. What if, if you have millions of customers, how do you make them feel all personalized and special? And this is really hard, right? And this is where these types of automated uh, chatbots come in where, you know, you're able to, uh, you're able to help your customers in a way that they feel that they are being taken care of. They see progress and ultimately you're there for them and, and you generally show you want to help them and you are able to help them. Uh, I think this is in today's day and age, uh, this becomes uh, more and more important as time goes on. Perfect. I, I mean, one of the things that interests me and, and I don't know if this is true or not, is that there's kind of a I guess it might be a myth that it, it's younger um, people who like using chatbots and older people tend to shy away from them. Do you think that's true? Do you see that reflected um, in the way Alpha AI and Alpha Chat are used? Uh, so, I mean, definitely the, the younger generation is more accustomed to, to messaging, right? So, you know, WhatsApp Messenger, all, all those things. Uh, but ultimately it comes down to convenience. So, um, if, if you see the, the chat window either in your mobile app or it's available in social media or it's, it's uh, on, on your website and you get help from there, then next time if you have the same issue, you will go back to the channel that helped you. Uh, of course, you know, phone, phone is not going to go away. Uh, AI is not going to take over the world and replace all of our customer service staff. I mean, I think this, there, is, there is so much hyping in, in that field that sometimes it feels ridiculous. And I think, you know, people are not going to all lose their jobs. Um, because ultimately, you know, some things you just, you know, you have to call. You want to resolve them with a person there taking you, taking your problem and solving it in real time. I think that's absolutely fine. But, you know, the nature of, of issues that, that users turn to companies are different. And if you see that, you know, chat is a channel where I always get to reach the, the support agent or I get an answer from the bot and that works for me, the next time you are very likely to go, uh, to go back to it. Uh, and, you know, this is one of the reasons we're now, we're also offering uh, that we can uh, build our chatbots uh, into WhatsApp. Uh, because I think, you know, if you think about trends, uh, in, at least in, in the B2C context, uh, in, in many cases, um, companies are, uh, you know, users are always quicker to new environments than companies are following them. 
but if you think of the share volume of you know billions of people using using whatsapp then most likely you know your customers are there as well and if you can be in the environment where they are most of the time and you can help them in their environment of choice instead of pulling them to your own channels and forcing upon them your own methods of communication uh, customers appreciate that a lot because it just takes out all the friction and they know you're there for them and it's easy so so you know I, I definitely see that uh, you know more and more companies are are coming to whatsapp are creating their smart solutions and you know with that increase their uh, customer loyalty fascinating I mean you said something there that I think is is very interesting you said you need to um, help people on the channels they prefer rather than dragging them to your your own channel so you obviously believe it's really important not just to have chat on your website but also to offer it across social media platforms yeah of course and of course it depends what type of business you're running and who your customers are but you know if you are going if you're going the b2c route then you know be there where your customers are uh, because the 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 friction and you know you might think how you know we as a digital society are spoiled so that you know making a phone call feels really really hard sometimes and you know it's not you just you know you press a couple of numbers and then there's a tone and you start speaking to someone so it's it's not physically hard but but there's i think there's like a mental barrier is that you know you don't i have to go somewhere i have to look it up and most likely i won't find it and then i'm disappointed and why and ah, i'm not gonna do it but if you're right there in your app that I use all the time and I know that you're just like, not like five clicks away, but you're one click away, it's just so much easier. It's just so much easier. And, you know, ultimately, the customers will, will do things that are easy and simple for them. So for brands to keep up, it, it, it makes sense to be where they are. Um, so, you know, the same thing, like when people move to Facebook, then it took companies a bit of time to see like if this social media is actually something real i think now in 2020 like nobody doubts that nobody asks like should we be there it's kind of you know must have that you're there because everybody's there and i think you know and of course customer preferences change so if you're a large company you know it's it's sometimes difficult to keep up with all the TikToks and the snapchats and the whatsapps where you have to be um but you know when you see a platform becoming um, a major um, major player and a dominant uh, form of communication in that space, uh, I advise companies to take it seriously because it can create them a competitive advantage over their competitors to, to be where you know their competitors are not. And I think you know if you look at companies with you know excellent customer service like like Amazon or, or the likes or Zappos, then you know these companies set the expectations for everyone else. Uh, and, you know, that becomes also difficult because, you know, you're not just competing against the companies in your own country or in your own city. You know, you are being compared globally uh, with everyone else. Uh, so the, 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 the use, user's expectations to service and, ans and answers immediacy is just growing. And I think, you know, this is something that, you know, we, we, uh, we help companies to deal with. That's, that's very interesting. So I think, I mean, what you're saying is that even if B2B might be harder to uh, to manage the same level of interaction on a, a chatbot, actually people are expecting it because of what they see in their consumer lives. Is that is that what you're saying? 
Yeah, absolutely. Because I mean, your B2B customers are, are humans and they in their personal life use WhatsApp or messaging anyway. So if now they, they have repetitive orders from you or they have some, I don't know, IT support troubleshooting or, you know, whatever you're providing as, as a B2B thing or, or, you know, they need some quotes. Uh, if you provide them a, a similar experience that they are used to in their personal communications and, and somehow they see that, oh, like B2B doesn't need to be this clunky, hard, enterprisey thing, but it actually can be also simple, then they're like, wow, you know, I, I take simplicity that works any day over complexity that doesn't work, right? Um, so I think, you know, also what you see in many of the enterprise solutions these days are you know they you know slack is is is, is enterprise thing but it you know feels just like chat right so um and so is you know microsoft teams right mm -hmm. uh, so all these solutions they they heavily borrow from the from you know the, the the personal space and and bring that experience to the enterprise space because ultimately you know we're all people and we want to get things done and you know if you can provide a nice clean simple interface then you know that's that's all that's amazing that's great. So a great explanation. I'm I, I'm really interested in the business as well. Um, any business that that involves AI um, typically seems to overhype it, but you seem to have done almost the opposite in saying that actually AI is not going to replace everything. So can you talk about a little bit about how you use AI, um, what it's doing, and what that means for the user, and then maybe you know a little bit about why you don't think that um, AI is going to make every uh, customer support um, assistant redundant yeah so um, you know the first thing we start out with companies is that you don't have to use AI right if, if you have a if you have a problem and you can solve it without AI like go for it right um, and you know when, when companies start out I always first tell them that don't think about AI think of the KPIs you have to deliver to your boss or your shareholders and just think in terms of that and then if you say, okay, we want to achieve, you know, X has to be greater than five or we want to reduce costs or, or make more revenue or whatever or be more efficient, then, you know, if you see that AI can help you there, you know, definitely you know, try it out. Um, so in our case, the AI comes in in the product in the natural language understanding. So, you know, the thing I, I talked about earlier is that if you ask a question, what do you mean? What is the intent behind it? What's the meaning uh, if I say hey, how much does it cost? You know, do I refer to a credit card? Do I refer to a, I don't know, a mortgage? You know, what, what does it mean, right? So, so that's, at the, that's at the core of it. And, you know, we've solved it with, with an ensemble of different algorithms because there's no sort of, there's no single one algorithm to rule them all. Uh, it doesn't exist because, you know, languages are different, data sets are different, um, people ask things differently. So we've, we've sort of created this, kind of like a solution that kind of works like Eurovision where you, you have a dozen algorithms and they all compete against one another and the one that you know gets the most points wins right so it's sort of this uh, they we have created this competition among them which is great because then the, the best the best ones prevail uh, and then you know you get the answer uh, from um, from uh, from the bot in terms of in terms of uh, what's what's the most relevant thing that we think that the user is asking because just as a side note, you know, um, understanding humans for humans is hard, but then think how hard it is for machines to understand humans, right? So if we're having a conversation, then, you know, 
if you ask something, then sometimes I might say, hey, what do you mean by that? Well, if, if one brain is asking that from the other brain, then, you know, you actually, you know, think what, a, what AI today is, it's, it's, it's a bunch of, I don't know, neural networks running in the cloud. I mean, it's, it's nowhere near the complexity of our biological brain. So we're kind of, you know, there's so many magnitudes of difference between intelligence that it's really hard for an iPhone to understand what you want, right? So that's just like, a, that's a side note. But, but so we, we create those types of systems where they can intelligently guess what you want and provide you an answer. Uh, and then coming, coming to the thing about AI taking over the world, I think it, it's a good story to sell. It's good to say that, now we beat chess or we can play go and you know oh the next thing is we will have all the cars self-driving and everybody out of work but you know the real world is so much more complex and nuanced you know the fact that you can play a game like go or chess that has you know it's it's, it's a it's like a bound mechanism with its own rules then you know there's, there's no rules in communication or it's so random and chaotic that uh to to you know, to have the level of intelligence of, of a human being. Uh, we still don't know how the brain even works, uh, let alone to replicate it or, or create something that's smarter than it. So I think we're just sort of kind of, you know, I don't want to say, but kind of like monkeys looking at fire, but having no idea like how it comes about <laughs> or what it is, right? So, and I think it's going to change and we're going to get smarter, but, but, you know, we are ways away from this, you know, terminator life. So, what I, what we as a company ad advise is that, you know, uh, have your expectations set, you know, realistically, uh, because ultimately, you know, you want to achieve your KPIs, you know, the, the, the CEO of a company doesn't care what, do you use GPT-3 or GPT-4 or ULM net, whatever it is, they don't care. They just want to see like, is my revenue going up or down, right? <laughs> so. So, so in that regard, um, uh, you, you want to provide something that's useful and also that customers understand what are the current opportunities, but also limitations of, of the solution. And I think where we see a lot of things happening actually is how can you make your staff be more efficient? So let's say you have a ton of simple queries. Well, let's give those to computers so that we don't have to waste you know, hours of our time on simple queries. But let's say we can we can focus on more complex offers for our customers, or let's say some big customers want like quotes for our products, or they want support for their things that you know machines cannot solve. So let's focus on those more complex creative things, and let let computers do simple things. And I think you know there the 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 gains are really enormous. And I think this is you know what what a lot of companies are focusing on instead of just saying, hey, like, let's replace humans. Um, you know, one, you know, why should we replace them? I think the brains are so genius things. They can do so much more than just simple things. And let's just have computers do simple stuff and, and us do more complex stuff and be, be more efficient. Fascinating. That's, that, that's a really interesting insight into, you know, what you can really achieve with AI rather than maybe some of the, the more science fiction um, predictions. Um, so I, I'm interested. I mean, I mean, it sounds like what you can do is um, obviously, if someone wants to deploy a chatbot, they have to think of the questions and how to answer them. But they don't have to think of, you know, the 50 different ways the same question could be answered. So, how quickly can people deploy a chatbot using um, AlphaBlue's technology? 
So today, when companies approach us, you know, as, as a preparation, you know, what I always ask them, okay, what, what's the KPI you want to achieve? You know, what's, what's, the, what's the function, what's the use case for the bot? Uh, because it can be used for sales or support or external, internal support, process efficiency, whatever that may be. If you say, you know, I know my use case, I want to achieve this. Uh, these you know, are the 50 topics that, that, is, that are, I'm being asked. Uh, you know, then, you know, getting that bought up, you know, from our side, you know, it's, it's you know, it's a day or so, like it's, you know, we, we can measure it in hours. Um, the complexity, of course, with large companies comes because they have their own existing systems. If you have to do API integrations, you maybe want to authenticate users, you have to deploy to a certain cloud or on-premise environment, you know, those things then realistically can, of course, take weeks. Mm-hmm. Uh, but other than that, uh, what we also usually advise companies is that, you know, if you if you have a use case and you're not really trying to complex something like really, really crazy complex, then, you know, you can get it up and running in, in, a, in a few weeks and then the, the next few weeks you can test it out. So, you know, if you run a project for about three months, then, you know, you have your bot, you have tested it out on your customers, you can assess its its, its benefits, and then you can take it from there because it always makes sense that if you haven't, um, and I think this goes for all like all AI projects that companies are doing, is that if you really haven't done it before and you don't know how it's going to go, you know, do a do a pilot. You know, say three, four, five months. Let's let's take this problem. Let's you know apply things to it. Let's see how it works. We'll measure it and then we'll see if it works for us because it's one thing to read about it in newspapers and you know what your competitors and everybody else is doing but it's another thing to try it in your own environment and by doing this this few months you know proof of concept or a pilot you know you get so much smarter and then maybe you uncover something that you didn't know before or something works that you didn't expect or things go the way you expected then you know perfect you can just then roll it out company-wide and uh and uh and then get the benefit that's that's amazing i mean i mean i could talk to you for hours on this but i think that's perfect advice to end on um i guess uh you know the important thing is if um, anyone listening to the podcast would like to find out more how could they get in contact with you indrek yeah, so the easiest is um just you can send us an email email at hello at alphablues.com or you can go to our website, alphablues.com. Uh, naturally, we have a chatbot there. Uh, so you can, you can interact with the bot, leave your contacts, and then we will get in touch. So your, your method of choice, uh, how you want to contact us. That's perfect. Thanks so much for being on the podcast. It's been absolutely fascinating. And uh, I'm sure a lot of people have learned not just about chatbots, but also a lot about AI. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thanks so much for listening to Marketing B2B Tech. We hope you enjoyed the episode. And if you did, please make sure you subscribe on iTunes or on your favorite podcast application. If you'd like to know more, please visit our website at napierb2b.com or contact me directly on LinkedIn.